0: Hello and welcome to the Recovering From Religion podcast. Our mission here is to offer hope, healing, and support to those struggling with issues of doubt and non-belief. What follows is the audio from selected videos posted on Recovering From Religion's YouTube channel. So sit back, relax, and enjoy
1: Good evening, everyone. Thank you, Amaya, or good morning, because I know there are some people that are in different time zones. So I appreciate all of you tuning in wherever you are. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much to Daryl and Gail and everyone at Recovering From Religion. This is a part of my family as well, so I'm glad to be back and speaking with you uh, this this evening. Uh, so uh, for those of you, welcome you know, to this edition of the RFRX series. Uh, For those of you who aren't familiar with me, I am Mandisa Thomas, founder and president of Black Nonbelievers, and I'm going to get a bit more into my introduction shortly. But this particular session is about coming out atheists as atheists in 2021, right? We are in a new year. We're definitely in a new decade, and this is still an issue. For, for many of us. And I saw in the poll that there are quite a few people that are out as atheists. However, as when it comes to the discussion and actually expressing it, it certainly is still a challenge for many. And this is why we build our organizations. And this is one of the reasons why we build our communities is to help with this process. And so that people know that you don't have to go through it alone there are many people who can support you and whatever your decision process is you know we are definitely here to help and uh i see everyone say hello hello everyone <laughs> so uh, definitely look forward to uh speaking i'm going to share my screen right now uh because i do have i love sharing powerpoints i love sharing visuals and i must give a i, I must let you know beforehand that i am speaking as like as a person who provides peer support as an organizer, as a community leader and as someone who, um, you know, whose activism revol- revolves around speaking very candidly with folks and really trying to help people in real time and where they are and um, trying to incorporate resources along with the support and community that people need, especially once they leave religion behind. So we're going to get into the chat here. And uh, wow, we got a lot of folks here. So once again, this is a collaboration with Recovery from Religion as well as Black Nonbelievers. Very, very happy to be here uh, once again. And so a bit about me. For those of you who don't know, once again, founder and president of Black Nonbelievers, which celebrated our 10th anniversary. We're celebrating our 10th anniversary all year this year. We got started in 2011 in the Atlanta area. We just celebrated our anniversary. We had our anniversary event last month, which featured Daryl Ray and Gail Jordan, among others. I will tell you where you can find those presentations if you missed it later on in in the evening, in the hour. But I certainly recommend that you check them out because there was some wonderful, wonderful presentations there. And I hope you will continue to celebrate our 10th anniversary with us in doing this work uh, because it is absolutely needed and important. And it's awesome that we get to work with um, fellow organizations like Recovering From Religion uh, with, with our mission. Now, for those of you who haven't heard me tell my story about a million times, <laughs> I'm going to tell it a million one time. <laughs> so I was born and raised in New York City uh, from Jamaica, Queens. And unlike Many people within the Black community in particular, I actually had a secular upbringing. Now, I'm 44 years old. I was born in the 1970s, for those of you who are old enough to remember that time. And that was a very pivotal time within the Black community. It was one of, you know, still a revolution, uh, a sense of of wanting to identify more with Black consciousness and an Afrocentric identity. And I was one of those children raised in that time where many black parents were naming their children African names and they were trying to connect with a sense of, again, the, the history and the culture. So I grew up learning about institutionalized races, institutional systemic racism and injustice, as well as um, being instilled with a sense of pride in my community, and my history, and my culture. And actually, one of my first um, influences, my first secular influences, was my maternal grandmother, Ethel Mae Welch, who was a native of New Orleans, where we just held held a 10th anniversary celebration. Uh, I remember growing up, uh, going to many family gatherings, uh, we would celebrate Thanksgiving, uh, Easter, and there was never any prayer. You know, there was never any call to um there was never an appeal to a higher god or even though i do have some religious family members on that side of my family my maternal side now my grandmother my grand my my other grandmother my paternal grandmother is a different story you know my my father and his siblings were raised strictly religious and uh my my dad actually hated going to church <laughs> and uh so i was uh, my, and my mother decided that she made a conscious decision that my brothers and I would not be raised in a religious setting. So uh, we were fortunate enough to have, even though we were raised in a very low income area, we were fortunate enough that at that time in New York, there were plenty of cultural centers and we would go uh, to the library. You know, there was a lot, education was a huge, uh, there was a huge emphasis on education in our household. And so, but I also am a classically trained singer, and so I, uh, as a child, I would travel around the city of New York and the borough of Queens, singing at various churches under a voice instructor. So I have um, what I would consider still an outsider's perspective on religion. Now I won't say that I wasn't indoctrinated because I was, and there were some things that I had to unlearn, but. I wasn't raised in a household where I absolutely had to believe in any God whatsoever. And I grew up reading uh, different um, mythology, Greek, um, Norse, African mythology. So I had a pretty well-rounded view on um, perspectives of God and religion and such. And I knew, I also knew early on that it was something that I could never seriously subscribe to. Because it always seemed to be very binding to me and something that uh, really limited a sense of growth. So it was something that I knew that I could just never, ever, you know, conform to. So I consider myself fortunate in that regard, uh, where I didn't have to overcome such a strict religious upbringing To the point where it caused any type of emotional trauma, at least to that extent, or at least it didn't add to that. Uh, So over the years, my family and I moved to the Atlanta, Georgia area. I eventually re-identified as an atheist in 2011. And at the time that Black Nonbelievers uh, was created... I was working full-time as the event services manager at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention at the main campus near Emory University. And so as the organization grew and the demands for my time and work increased within the secular community, I quit that job. I transitioned to full-time activism in 2018. So I'm coming up on my three-year anniversary of being a full-time activist within the secular community. And you'll see a link down at the bottom right underneath my picture. There is a, there is an additional way to support my activism through my Patreon. Uh, you can type in uh, the, the link there and uh, subscribe for as little as a dollar per month to help support my activism because Almost all of my work in this movement is still volunteer, similar to recovering from religion but it I contend that it was still the best decision I ever made in my life because it has helped all of the experiences that I have um with uh you know with with my career choices as well as my decision to become an activist and lead this organization has just made me a better person and it has made um you know my it it has really really made um it has been so uh, instrumental to my growth and my ability to help other people. So uh, in addition to volunteering for Recovering from Religion, I've been a group leader uh, consistently in the Morrow, Georgia area since 2013. So that's, for, that's eight years now. I also currently serve on the boards for American Atheists and the American Humanist Association. And in that time, I have been uh, fortunate to have received some recognition in this movement. Uh, I was a recipient of the Backbone Award, which is given by the Secular Student Alliance annually uh, in 2019. I was also named the Freedom for Religion Foundation's Free Thought Heroine in 2019. I was named the Unitarian Universalist Humanist Association's Person of the Year in 2018. And finally, in 2020, I was the co-recipient core of the 2020 Harvard Humanist of the Year Award along with Sakibu Hutchinson and Ijoma Aluwo. And if you aren't familiar with those two ladies, I highly recommend you research them. Sakibu was also a presenter at our 10th anniversary celebration last month. Highly recommend, uh, you, you do some research and also support their work. Now I always say that I did not get involved for the recognition, but it's nice when it comes because you know I work my ass off, just like a lot of the people in this movement. (laughs) So I think it's very important that uh, you know, and and this and this thing is this work isn't easy, and I realize that we are representing quite a few people, some who are out and some who aren't, and as people leave their religious uh, institutions and leave the God concept behind. Uh, we are putting in some work to help those who really need that support. So, you know, I really again, I really appreciate uh, it's been a, it's been an honor to have been involved for 10 years now in this movement. And I I hope to continue for more years to come. I look forward to that. And so but the the good thing about being in this for 10 years now is we've been we've been fortunate enough to see some changes. and. One of the things that even though in 2021, you know, we're now in a new year, we're in a new presidential administration in this country. I know many of us are breathing a sigh of relief right now because these past four years have been very, very exhausting. And so we are viewing, we are moving forward with a sense of optimism. And a point of that is my... uh, you know, I've been, I've had the good opportunity to connect with other organizations as a representative of black non-believers and definitely as a representative of the atheist and non-religious perspective. And I had the opportunity to contribute to the Interfaith Youth Corps, um, series of the State of the Inter- Interfaith Nation. And I wrote, uh, celebrating non-believers in Interfaith America. You can click on, you can you can uh, copy and paste that link uh, if you so choose. And the one thing that I uh, definitely, and many of us, uh, emphasize is that embracing, expressing, and celebrating our atheism, non-belief, humanism, skepticism, free thought in 2021 is important. And it's important because we are seeing a rise. Of the non-religious demographic here in the United States. Now, everyone doesn't necessarily identify as atheists as such, but we are seeing a shift. We are seeing a move away from the traditional religious uh communities. We are seeing a shift away from those uh traditional faith uh practices, and I I think it I think many of us can, uh, can say that it is because now we are in an age of information. People have more access to it. And therefore, there simply isn't a need to just blindly believe anymore, even though sadly we see other people who still do. But in order for us to continue to gain this ground when it comes to state church separation, when it comes to community building and also helping people become their more authentic selves. It is important that we embrace this, this identity as atheists, right? For those of you who aren't familiar with the definition, it just means that it is a lack of belief. I try to expound on the definition. I define it as non-belief in any gods, spirits, or supernatural beings. So if I don't believe in a god, I don't believe in the devil. I also don't believe in Santa Claus. I also don't believe in Superman or Batman or any other characters that we find in fiction. And so I, I think it's important for us to make that distinction and that many of us also have rejected the existing claims of God spirits or supernatural beings. Now, when you go into the definition, it really shouldn't it shouldn't be that difficult, right? It shouldn't be that hard to convey and express. But we all know that it still can be because of the still highly negative stigma Surrounding atheism, and some people equating it to double worship, and uh, there be, and and definitely due to the lack of understanding, and also because there are still few of us who are openly identified and who actually can openly identify, so our voices are still um, overshadowed to an extent uh we are still growing our community so therefore we are still facing uphill battles when it comes to this identity and also expressing it and finding others but we are doing it there are those of us who are fighting back against that you know that that christian nationalism those religious norms and also reeducating folks on our existence re reeducating each other on our existence, because there are many of us who feel isolated and who still feel like there aren't many of us out here, and there definitely are there are definitely more of us out here, and it's important that we find each other and find our voices to express ourselves and and also celebrate it. It's a liberating it's a liberating journey. I remember what it was like for me to actually come to that atheism and to feel like, you know what, I no longer have this this sense of who someone, some being, he, she, or it, or they, or whatever, watching every move that I make, and that something bad is going to happen as a result, right? Many of us have felt that, but coming to Those identities in a way that we feel more whole and that we can um, express again, express it, embrace it and celebrate it is still very important, even though there are more people who are coming to terms and letting go of those traditional uh, those traditional norms Uh, to be an atheist in 2021 can still be challenging. But it is important again that we are out and, and, and actually celebrating this. So with that being said, it is very important that regardless of how you come to your non-belief, and there are many ways that, you know, that we come to it. Some of us, um, have read a number, some of you have read the Bible cover to cover, right? There is a saying that, you know, reading the, reading a Bible can make you an atheist. And reading it actually from a, you know, from an objective point of view, uh, can give you some some better some some more clarity. But once you come to that, um, once you come to your non belief, or even if you are still questioning, it is important to find others. It is important that you don't go through this alone, or you don't feel like you're alone, and and Whereas un- unlike in previous years where there may not have been as many uh, community groups and support groups, there's now definitely more now, uh, especially in recovering from religion and in black nonbelievers. So it is important to know that, for one, that there are communities out here that you don't have to go through this. You, you, you know, you don't have to go through this feeling like you have to fight with your families all the time or your friends. And, uh, you, you can find, uh, you, you can, and you will find others who are, you know, experiencing the same things or or who have gone through the same things that you have gone through. And even if you now, is it necessary for you to be out as an atheist? No. One thing that we do, um, And, and I can say the same for recovering from religion that we are not organizations that, that force you to be out. Um, that is a process that is, uh, that we encourage individuals to find for themselves and to make informed decisions on how to do that. However, uh, you don't have to be out as a non-believer to find your communities and also get involved. Uh, there are plenty of ways that you can. And of course, these events are pre-COVID. And uh, I know many of us are, are longing to, you know, for that in-person engagement again. I certainly cannot wait until we can do this again. But of course, in the meantime, we do have events like this that help bring more of us together. And so hopefully that is that is helping, um, you know, in, in the meantime, until we can really adjust to this new normal and, and navigate it. So, uh, I will say that as Black non believers, for Black non believers, we've hosted a number of, of events. Of course, like many others, we have, uh, we have transitioned to more online events, but, uh, we have done, um we have done community events with other secular organizations. We've tabled that, uh, we've tabled that other, e- we've tabled that events. Uh, one of, uh, one of the, uh, pictures you see here was at Dragon Con. In uh, Atlanta, it's it's a huge event, a huge convention that takes place, Labor Day weekend. And what was good about that is we always catch folks who either have never heard of us before. They didn't realize that there was a community out there for them that they could get involved with. And we also uh, we also encounter folks who are like, wow, I cannot I cannot tell my parents or I cannot tell my spouse. I cannot tell other people that I am atheist, right? So there's always, there's value again in, in, in being at these events and showing ourselves and, 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 and really, um, spreading the good word, right? You know, I think many of us are a bit hesitant, a bit ambivalent about, you know, the proselytizing, but we aren't telling people that you should think like us. It's, imp- but it is important for no, know- for people to know that we are out here. So um, finding your communities, um, you know, and getting involved is an important step uh, to uh, eventually coming out. If you are still in that proverbial closet, it is definitely important for you to find others who understand and that you can talk to before you take that leap. Um, Because if you, you know, I mean, I know it can be it can be an exciting thing. It can be very nervous. But again it's there's it there's there's value in having peer support and also community support to help you with that process, so that is very, very important to the coming out process that there are communities out here now The second part is whether you are out or not, how to handle difficult conversations, whether you initiate them or not. Now, I think many of us can attest to um you know, family members and friends probably noticing a difference in you once you come to this identity or once you have come to your non-belief. It is very difficult to, to partake in the activities that you used to. And so you may have family members and friends who may notice a difference. And those conversations can prove to be difficult. And you may or may not be in a place where you are comfortable with having those conversations. And so here are just some tips on how to handle them, whether you initiate them or not. You may be at a point where you might be comfortable asking questions or you might be comfortable expressing it. uh, But here are just some, you know, here are just some tips, you know, for, you know, for for that process. And so first is assess your environment. Is it it, you know, does does the, you know, try to read the room. Do you think that it is, um, you know, it is it is feasible for you to have that conversation or not? You know, do you think that the people that you're engaging with would be open to it? Do you think that they might be either, you know, sensitive or they might be reactive? So it is good to, you know, assess the environment, kind of pick and choose uh, if it's OK to have this conversation or not. Also assess your emotional and mental state of mind. Now this is very important. Whether you are at the beginning of your your process, your journey of becoming uh, an atheist or not, it is always good to assess your state of mind and also how you might receive the 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 the, the questions or the responses uh coming at you. So Definitely take a step back and, and assess yourself and, and ask yourself if you are in that that state to even, you know, to even to even have this conversation. So take a deep breath. Do take, a, you know, so do take a time, you know, do take the opportunity to just go, Phew. you know, you don't have to just jump right into it. Take a deep breath and, you know, and, and just, you know, make sure you are calm, cool and collected and in a space where you are able to, uh, you know, have the conversation and try a tactful approach. Try a tactful approach. Ask it. You know, you could ask questions. Uh, you could throw out tidbits of information depending on your comfort level. Um, there are plenty of things you can do. Uh, you can, you can point folks to different resources. Um, there are, you know, just, you, you do have, you know, you, you do, ha- you, you can allow yourself and empower yourself to try to at least be somewhat formal about how you approach this subject. Because again, it, it may not be easy to do. And and many times, especially if you are in a a rural area or if you're surrounded by religious folks, it probably isn't easy. So just try the the tactful approach. But if the conversation isn't going well, disengage. You do not ha- you don't owe anyone the you know an explanation for your non belief. You also don't owe it to anyone to defend yourself, especially. If you know if you see that they are coming from an unreasoned and irrational place. So if you if, if the conversations aren't going well enough at that time, you have every right to stop it. Now, if you're a bit more of the debating type, you know, you may want to we know some we know some folks here who are, and that's fine as well. Um, just understand though that you may not get your point across right away. But if the conversation isn't again, if the conversation isn't going in a way that you think is productive and you find yourself getting upset, irate or, you know, so emotional to the point where it may turn into a shouting match, disengage just full stop. You know, you you don't have you don't you don't have to give that that energy. You don't have to return it. And again this is where finding your communities are important because you can always bounce ideas and how to approach this conversation with others with with believers and and others um effectively. So this is one of the reasons why. And this is where how this is how or secular organizations can help, right? So we can help with over we can help individuals overcome feelings of isolation and loneliness and now as i said previously it can be a very isolating experience to even be an atheist whether you are uh whether you are out or not it can be very very isolating so we we help by um by helping to overcome those feelings also providing community and connections uh not just connections to other members and other people, but also to other and uh uh connections to other organizers, to other leaders and uh resources, um uh which brings us to the next point of clinical and medical resources and referrals. I love that recovering from religion now has a secular therapy project. Uh so that if you are looking, if you need a therapist for, you know, for dealing with uh the emotions and and um and other traumas associated, even if they aren't just coming from religion but they have they may have been exacerbated by religion uh there are now medical and clinical resources for you that you can take you know that that you can utilize also we help reeducate all world views because many of us who were indoctrinated were We're done so with some pretty pretty, sometimes very very shitty views of the world and other people, like many of us were probably raised you know to be homophobic and misogynistic and to have an in, internalized oppression to not um you know to not understand systems of racism and injustice, so many of us have been affected by a very, very, uh, linear and, and, um, and very narrow, uh, minded point of view about the world. So with secular organizations, we help re-educate on that, you know, how to be better people, how to navigate, how to understand, uh, more of our identities, uh, in addition to our, our atheist and, 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 uh, secular not, uh, identities. We are intersectional. Many of us belong to the LGBTQ community. Many of us belong are, you know, are are part of the Black community. Many of us, you know, are our are, are identities intersect. And it's important to understand how we are all affected by this and also how we can help each other through this. And so being re-educated on worldviews, Leads or should lead to liberation from dogmatic perspectives. And I'll tell you, one of the, uh, when, when I, when I, um, when I spoke earlier about being liberated, uh, by, uh, my atheism and my non-belief, it definitely liberated me from points of view that I knew were pretty narrow-minded and that, uh, it, it allowed me to rethink Some of the old adages that you know our parents and our grandparents would tell us that aren't necessarily true. They aren't necessarily accurate, right? So those are often dogmatic perspectives that we don't realize that we may be carrying with us. And it's important for us that as we are re-educated, as we come to our non-belief, that we are always reassessing those points of view uh reassessing that indoctrination and that we are liberated from them. And every day is a learning process for many of us and I think this is one of the best parts about us being liberated from religious indoctrination and other forms of indoctrination is that every day is an opportunity for us to learn and adjust and do better and finally become a better you. So We do, we help each other become better individuals as a community, but it is also up to the individuals to do that work. And I think this is one of the reasons why, I think this is something that many people miss about their religious communities, uh, because there is this sense of hope that some religious, uh, that some churches uh, tend to, you know, Seem to provide, and I say seem, because it is under a guise of, you know, divine intervention, right? But in secular communities, there's more accountability. There's more work that we as individuals have to do, and for many, that is a challenging. That is that is a scary thought. It is scary to re- to to understand and realize that we are on our we are there are things that we have to do on our own. In addition to building our communities, now, I always say that you know we are we can be a starting point, and we certainly want to continue to build our communities, but it is always up to the individual to do that work and make those decisions to be better for themselves, not just for themselves but also for your families, if you have them, for your children, if you have them. I know I do, I have three so uh for for many of us uh we help each other build on that and and just become better people uh so it is important for us uh, if you need help, we are here for you please do uh you know utilize organizations like Recovering from Religion. Utilize organizations like Black Nonbelievers. I also included a street epistemology by Anthony Magna Bosco, who has a series of videos where uh, where where he and others talk to believers about their position. And also, I think this is helpful for those who are struggling with coming out and openly openly expressing themselves because. Uh, it doesn't just have to be this process where you just come out and there are plenty of ways you can do it. You can just come out and say, hey, I, I'm doing it. You know, you can just take that leap. Uh, others, it ta- it takes time. Some, for some, it takes years. But the important thing is that at some point, just like the Nike slogan, sometimes you just do it. And you may not, you may be surprised at the responses that you get. Now, um, earlier today, my husband and I went to get our taxes done and our tax lady, uh, we've been going to her for now for, uh, 13 years. Uh, she's well aware of the organization. Um, and she was telling me that one of her clients is, uh, a, a, a gentleman who's a black atheist who lives up in the Lawrenceville, Georgia area. And she said that, she That he he told her, oh, I bet you never met a black atheist before, have you? And she said, well, I can point you to two that I know. So you just never know. And, and again, there is an understandable fear of expressing your position. And again, I always encourage people to choose their battles carefully, you know, assess your environment, uh, because for some people, their livelihoods. Do depend on the believers in their area and we uh you know we we always uh you know we always tell you to mind your money right you know you oh you you do have to you know be be mindful of that we definitely don't want anyone risking their livelihoods if they don't have to however we we also know i also know the angst that comes along with you know and the frustration that comes along with, um. Coming to this identity and still being around a community of religious people and you just can't you just can't hold it anymore. Right. It becomes it becomes so difficult. You just want to burst. So it, it, I, I understand that feeling as well. You know, you definitely and sometimes you feel like you want to push that envelope. And so and one important thing is that you don't want anyone outing you. It's always best that you do it on your terms. Now, I know some people have been outed, and I know as organizations, we want to be careful that we are not outing people intentionally, but uh, there are some folks who may get questions if you know if a, if a family member and, and we've, we' and we've gotten this before. we've had uh, folks who uh, I remember one woman contacted me because a friend of hers, who was an atheist, uh liked something that I wrote. She saw that this person liked it and came straight at me and said, well, uh, I can't believe you don't believe in, in such. So, you know, there may be folks who may have a a reaction and based on what they see their relative or their friend liking, they may ask that question. And that may be them either outing themselves or, you know, or them having to be Not forced, but being placed in a position where they have to ask the question. But again, I still, you know, I still emphasize the importance of this being about your comfort. This is about your comfort level and not having to have the conversation if you don't want to and also getting back to people consulting with other like-minded individuals hopefully in the communities that you've become involved in and so it's okay to seek advice it is okay for you to get to this point where or to come to the point where you are comfortable uh, expressing it so uh, again it is um and it's important for you to know that again we are here for support for you and I, and I always hope that with our activities, that we continue to uh, foster that community and to keep people coming back. And I think in, in that it isn't just a revolving door, you know, for people who come and need that support and then just leave. There are many, many great people involved with our organizations. They are worthy of getting to know more. We have had people who have found long-lasting friendships, romantic connections and also other business networking opportunities as a result of being involved. So it it can be valuable. It ne- not only can be, it is valuable to utilize our organizations and also utilize the help if you need it. Again, it is important that you realize that you don't have to go through this alone and uh it doesn't have to be something that is harrowing or Any more exhausting for you than it has to be because there are resources out here to help you with your identity, whether you are, whether you are openly, uh, atheist or non, or non religious or not, just coming to that identity in itself is, you know, it is an accomplishment and it is something that you should be proud of no matter what because. You took, you know, you took you 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 took the opportunity again to reassess and do that work and, and you made it. You know, you didn't die. You didn't get struck by lightning. And also having this conversation with believers doesn't mean that they're going to get struck by lightning either. And I think that that's important for more people to understand as well. Right. You know. They are not going, nothing bad is inherently going to happen to them by speaking with one of us. <laughs> you know? So in, in, in us expressing our non belief, we do, and in coming out, we do break the stigma. We do help with get others get a better understanding of our position. And we help others understand that there are many, there are many issues. In which we can find common ground, even if we don't agree on our religious perspectives anymore. So we can, you know, it, it is important that you you realize that we can help with all of this. And it is, you know, you you took that step when you know when you reassess your religious beliefs and uh, and coming out of it again, which can be very difficult. But you did it. And it's just the first step. And again, there is support for you when you do come out. And it's just it's only the beginning. It can be the beginning of a of a new life. You know, one thing I always say is that you can choose family. Family isn't just about your blood relatives. It is about the people you can relate to and relate with. You can there is you can start over. Uh, it is possible for you to find that new life. It isn't. It isn't. Uh, it isn't the end, or it may be the end of one life, but the beginning of another. And it doesn't have to be the end completely. Uh, it is possible for you to engage for us, for us to engage more with our, uh, you know, with our religious counterparts, even if it can be challenging. So, you know, just coming to that comfort and space for yourself. Um, you know, is, is extremely, extremely important. And, and in 2021, as we're seeing this new administration for those of us who are um, actively involved with uh, the secular movement, and as we work with other organizations, and as we speak with our representatives, to, uh, you know, to let them know that we are here, we are gaining some ground. We do realize that uh, we, we understand there has been, there has been changes in language, especially in interfaith language, because we have spoken up, because we have spoken out. So now there is a better understanding. We still have a ways to go, but it is happening. It is changing. And hopefully there is comfort in knowing that those of us who are doing the work on behalf of other individuals, uh, you know, is, is hopefully making this a better process for those of you who who still need the support. So uh, I'd like to thank you all very much. I'd also like to encourage you to follow and subscribe to be in on social media. We are on Facebook at Black Nonbelievers. We do have a public page as well as a private group. We are on Instagram at Be Nonbelievers Inc. We are on Twitter at Be Nonbelievers and also on youtube at black nonbelievers inc and if you would like to see the presentations from our 10th anniversary celebration you may find them on our youtube channel as well as other presentations uh you there there is a bit and also presentations for my 5th anniversary in 2016 so uh uh, we I do encourage you to look into more of the work that, that we've been doing over the past 10 years. And uh, also, we do encourage you, in addition to supporting Recovering from Religion, uh, we encourage you to support Black nonbelievers. We are a 501c3 and donations to us are tax deductible. We appreciate everyone who supports us. Uh, there are a number of people on this meeting who have supported us. And and I, I thank you so much for all the support that you give. Uh, you can uh, go to right to our website and make a donation there and you can make your contribution monthly. Uh, we are also on Cash App at Black Nonbelievers. We also do accept foundation and charitable giving requests. You may also designate us as a charity on Amazon Smile. So any purchases that you make on Amazon a, a portion can benefit black non-believers. Uh, we also accept stock through TD Ameritrade. So if you have uh, if you have stock that you would like to transfer to us, we certainly would accept that as well. And we also uh, participate in workplace charitable giving programs. So if your place of employment does have such a program, you can designate a portion of your paycheck to benefit black non-believers. The only notable exception, which we are hoping to change very quickly, is a combined federal campaign. Uh, We are we will be looking to sign up for that for federal employees who are looking to uh, donate to other charitable and community organizations. But if your place of employment does have such a program, all you need is our tax ID number, which is available on our website, and you can designate a portion of your paycheck. And of course, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can do more than one, (laughs) you know, as we as we encourage a multifaceted um, way of living. We certainly encourage multiple ways to support our organizations. Uh, We do also encourage volunteer opportunities as well. Uh, We will be, uh, uh, we will be, we are revamping um, our volunteer guides at Black Nonbelievers because we are in need of facilitators with our, uh, with our affiliate groups. We will have more information on that shortly, and we will, we will continue working with Recovering From Religion and, um, our, our volunteer work and, and, uh, we appreciate the support that recovering from religion, um, gives to black non-believers. And we are always happy to support recovering from religion as well. It's always about that mutual support there. It is very, very important. And, uh, as we begin the question, uh, portion, I would like to share that, uh, for 2021, uh, we did have to reschedule most of our, we did have to reschedule our major events last year. Uh, we were set to do BNC Con for 2020, but we are now, uh, we are currently still set uh, to, to, to sail again in 2021 in November. We welcome you to join us for that. We are going to have uh, a number of speakers and, uh, and, and workshop sessions for that. Uh, And also, we encourage you, we invite you to uh, uh, consider attending the Women of Color Beyond Belief Conference. Uh, The presentations from 2019 are also on our YouTube channel. We just added a streaming option. So for those of you who would like to stream it, uh, you can register for that. The link, you can find that link on our website as well as uh The website women of color beyond belief dot com. It is the only uh right now it is the only conference of its kind where all women of color speakers and activists are featured. And this is important. If you if you look at the flyer, it says come one, come all. And we mean that we encourage all of you to support and tune in. And uh, listen to the women who are doing this work, doing the work in this movement and also support them. And if you've never been on a cruise before, uh had was our speaker in 2019, one of our speakers. And one of the most one of the most fun things uh, about it is that we went to hell. We went to hell on Grand Cayman Island and uh, it was such an amazing experience. And I'll tell you, that's one of the best parts. Of letting go of that religious indoctrination is that you can have some fun with it. The things that used to be scary to you before might not be as scary uh as it as it used as it once was, and also um traveling and uh engaging a group of people who have been there and who who you know have your back also can help strengthen yourself and and uh, it helps with your development so you know we try to have fun with it fun with each other it's always a learning process as well uh so uh, I encourage you that if you are interested in participating in our upcoming events, we certainly hope you will support them uh more information is available on our website and again uh we are here. To help you with this journey of coming out if you aren't already and if you are out but you are looking for more uh if you're looking for more support and more people to to connect with we are here for that as well because it can only only help make you a better person and and just really really and and if you decide to become more active and jump in and roll up your sleeves and, and want to get in and do that work. That is important as well, because the more we are able to help other people, the more we grow and, and the more we can continue to fight back against, um, you know, what we're dealing with, uh, probably globally, you know, throughout the world. And also, if you are in countries where you have the freedom of expression, uh Try to think of those who are in countries who are, they still have, they are still in hiding, you know, do take advantage of the opportunities that you have to express your position and also the opportunities that you have to find community, because there are many who don't, there are many who have to fight, really, really fight their way through it. And also the more that we build up our communities and our representation, the more we can help those who is still a serious, serious struggle for not just emotionally but also physically, because in some countries to be open and out as an atheist is, you know, is is uh, can mean life or death. And so for those of us to where that isn't necessarily an issue, you know, I'm not saying that you absolutely have you don't you don't necessarily owe it to those folks, but definitely think about those. Who are in positions where they have to be in that closet. And so, and 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 also don't take for granted the communities that we have here. And again, you don't have to be out or open as an atheist to support the organizations that are supported that support you. We do, we still do need that support as well. And in order for us to help those who are coming after you. Uh, it, it, you know, we, we, we still need to sustain and, and survive and, and thrive. And so I'd like for everyone to keep that in mind. And as we continue to help each other, as you continue to work on that within yourselves, perhaps also utilizing the resources that are here for you, uh, we, we could just continue to grow and we're going to move. We're, we're moving into the future. Uh, it's a very optimistic future at this point. And there are so many possibilities. And so we welcome you to explore them with us. So thank you very, very much. And, uh, I like to again, thank you very much for having me. And, uh, I appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much Mandisa. That was uh, such a lovely presentation as usual. I think you provided a lot of validation to our viewers and also some great resources. Um, and it's also great to know uh, what you guys are doing in Black Nonbelievers. So thank you so much for sharing that. It was just really wonderful to hear. Um, we are now going to start with the Q&As. So if anyone has any questions, just type them in the chat. If you don't want to share it with you know, uh, publicly, you can just send me a DM if you want, and I'll I'll ask Mandisa. Someone is saying that they they are trying to look for new communities, and they know where to find new communities, but they are struggling with a lot of social anxiety. And especially with the pandemic, uh, that has made it quite worse because they don't have as much practice. So do you have any sort of advice or any guidance on someone in that situation, which I can imagine is quite a lot of people?
1: Yeah. So the best thing is, especially now uh, in the pandemic, there are a lot of groups that are meeting online. So and and it's and it's it's fairly uh, easy to access and and free to participate. So it, even if um, they are, you know, even events like this where you don't, you know, where you can just tune in and perhaps chat with others, try the online uh, events first and. It's okay for you to just kind of, you know, take it in, listen, listen to what other people are saying, uh, you know, and navigate that process because I know many of us, myself included, had to, had to deal with that social anxiety. And I know many of us who are, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty, you know, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty nerdy, you know, we're pretty, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty book savvy and, and some of us do, um, you know have a have a hard time navigating socially but you know we can take cues from you know being in these online spaces and uh just kind of seeing how folks socialize there and you know you don't have to uh you know just just take it slow if if you if you can and and if you think that you know you might want to start something in your area hopefully it is uh, your your help growing a network uh, with other organizations. Or if you just want to start something on your own, uh, do reach out to your do reach out to organizers. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And also, please do utilize the resources that they give you. So, yeah, just start slow. And you can just kind of listen in, you know, there should be no pressure. I know we do like for people to try to introduce themselves. I know we are very, very friendly. Uh, we, you know, we we try to I mean, we we love giving hugs, of course, in the pandemic. You know, we all we have to be careful. We we're mindful of the social interaction and the social distancing and stuff like that. But we are very, very, you know, um, we're 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 I, I make sure that as an organization as a community that we are very welcoming and that we are not forcing people to speak up if they don't want to but that the that the atmosphere is comfortable enough to where people when they want to start talking then they can so yeah just you know just just take it slow um, just kind of find your way, feel your way through, especially, and this is a great opportunity now during the pandemic because with so many people meeting online now, it's it's, it's there, there are plenty of meetings that you can find your way through.
2: Perfect. Thank you so much, Dose. Great advice. Thank you. Um, someone else asks, as an expression, I don't want to lose all my friends by coming out as an atheist. Uh, I want to tell them the truth and quote unquote confess I don't believe. But I also want to stay close to them. How can I balance this? Especially because I have had family shaming me after coming out, and I'm scared the same thing will happen again. I don't want to lose all my community at once.
1: Um, so this is this can be very tricky, right? Because there are, like I said before, there are many of us who just want to, you know, come out and and just, you know, just spread that word. But I think it's important that if you feel comfortable enough, let your family know that you still love them. That. These are my perspectives. You know, there's an old, there's a saying, and, you know, especially in Christianity, if you can hate the sin, but not the sinner. You know, you can despise the belief, but not the believer. You know, you can let them know that. I don't have anything personally against you unless you hurt me personally or unless you are hurting others. But my perspective does not mean that I have stopped, you know, caring about you any less. And I think the most important thing to do is to continue to show the person that you are, because many of us didn't, you know, just we just didn't stop being these loving people simply because we became atheists and non-believers. I think what changed about us was our ability to or or seeing things differently. And also, even for some of us, you know, uh, just establishing some boundaries. And that may be hard for some family members. And if they feel the need to shame you on that, then shame on them. You know, there's a lot of growing that they may need to do. And so, and if that is the case, then that's fine too. Sometimes it may, you may need to take a step back from certain family members until you can get to that point where y'all can have these conversations. But letting them know that you know your love and your care for them hasn't changed isn't, you know, is is important. But that ultimately... This really is about you and taking more of your life into your own hands. And sometimes they may not be ready for that, but and it's okay for them not to be ready. It's it's you know, it it's going to take for them to continue to see the kind of person you are and uh um, you know, and continue balancing that out because We we all I know I understand the feeling of not wanting to lose your family, but also not wanting to conform to those you know to 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 that you know to to that to that structure anymore. So it it's going to be at depending on your family dynamic, it can be tricky at times. But it's important for you to find that balance, even if you need to take a step back at first. But again, letting your family members know that you still love and care for them all the same.
2: Perfect. Thank you so much. That was really, really helpful. I think um, it'll help a lot of people. Thank you. Um, someone has a question about uh, Black non-believers. So they want to know if you need to be uh, like a person of color in order to be an active participant or if anyone can join and just, uh yeah do the same sort of activism.
1: So we are open to everyone. And if you go to our website, we welcome everyone regardless of racial identity. Gender identity, sexual identity, but I—it is important uh, to for it is important to note that we are an organization that centers Black atheists. We do center Black perspectives, and so that is what you know we emphasize first and foremost is support for um, Black atheists in particular. But we welcome everyone. You know, we we um and and also um we we welcome the conversations you know and and this may be a way for and i'm sorry this will be a, this is a good opportunity for uh for for non black people to you know kind of navigate their own sense of you know privilege at times and because in in many predominantly white spaces there are things you don't think of there may be there may be uh subject matters that are similar, but also that you may not you you may not used to be you know you, you may not used to hearing from you may not be used to hearing from other black folks or people of color but um it is a it is a good learning and working opportunity but it is just uh it is important uh for you know for folks to understand you know our primary focus but no we we definitely welcome everyone to participate
2: thank you so much for clarifying thank you um and then another question that is uh, maybe not so much to a specific um like topic of today but still like interesting. Someone is asking why do atheist groups generally generally refer to God as man?
1: I don't think many of us do. Um but I think it I think that always um and and any and, and anyone else can feel free to chime in on that. Um most of The i most of the ideas of God that that many are familiar with are the Judeo-Christian, you know, forms of you know like in male form, and and you know if we think about it, most of them are, you know, they're they're very patriarchal, (laughs) you know, they're uh, you know, they're they they are very male centered, and so it's not us that is that has that has made that distinction it's mostly the religions so um many atheists like myself refer to like any entities as you know he she or it there've certainly been goddesses in in different forms of mythology there have been other like beings like animals and such so i think it depends on which religion you're referring to but yes they are all definitely sexist and, and I think there is some sub subconscious, you know, many people who leave religion tend to kind of bring that with them. There might be a tendency to lean towards more, uh, you know, resources or, or, or things that might be more male dominated. And that's something that I think that in our, you know, in our re-education or in our liberation that we can consider, you know, um, when you come out of religion. So, um, I think that that is important for us. You know, to to consider. So it isn't something that you know the atheist communities are doing. That is a byproduct of, especially the Judeo-Christian religions.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, thank you. Um, someone else is asking if you have any advice for those of uh, us that identify as agnostic uh, in a in post- atheist.
1: Well, so I mean, you know, agnostic is is probably very similar to atheist. Some people use those terms interchangeably and and sometimes together like some people identify as agnostic atheists so i think that there are there are many atheist groups who welcome agnostics i know we are certainly one of them so uh and also it's, it is important to understand that atheism doesn't mean that we don't we, we you know many of us reject the existing claims of god and i will i will personally say that if there isn't any if there isn't if there wasn't a God that has uh, come to show he, she or itself, then, you know, more than likely, you know, there probably isn't one. But we are always open to new information. It isn't it isn't like a definitive, um, you know, th- th- it isn't like a definitive identity. We are always open to new information. And I think that is important for us to understand that, you know, there are some people who may identify as agnostic. Some people identify as agnostic before they've come to the atheist identity. And so, you know, it's important, you know, to still, uh, m- most groups, especially if they are humanists in nature, uh, w- still welcome agnostics. So it's, it's any most secular identified label. So Hopefully, um, there isn't, uh, you know, there there wouldn't be a, a hesitation for agnostics to be a part of atheist groups. So, you know, I mean, of course, we have those discussions. I know sometimes it can become contentious, but I I like for our I like for our engagement to be more positive in nature and people getting to know each other as opposed to it just being debates all the time. So, um, you know, it just uh, it just it just depends. But yeah, I would hope that most groups are open to having, you know, agnostics and and any and anyone who identifies with a similar uh, secular identity.
2: Mm-hmm. Perfect. Thank you. Um, and then someone else is asking another question related to Black non-believers. They just want to know a bit about um, any struggles that you had to overcome to found it, uh, if there were any hurdles, or if it was easier than you thought it would be.
1: Well, to start it... Um, you know, I think because I am actually because in my career, I was a, um, I was a customer service specialist and also a manager. So execution is my thing. Right. So um, putting it together and starting it wasn't necessarily the hard part. It's the maintaining and sustaining it that becomes difficult, <laughs> and 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 finding people who are as committed, or at least twenty, at least twenty five percent as committed as you, to to making sure this, <laughs> this 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 keeps going, is is the you know is the uh, is the more more challenging part. You know there are some people who are starters, and you know they don't manage well. You know there are people who have good ideas and are good at concepts. But execution isn't necessarily their thing. It is important to try to find, you know, a team of people who can utilize their skill sets and in doing certain things. Hopefully, all of the tasks aren't falling onto one person. But um, I would say that in the beginning, you know, it was, you know, it, it, it's always a challenge when you are coming from a community that is still reeling from systemic issues and are still harboring a lot of baggage as a result and in us definitely asserting that we are pro lgbtq we are pro reproductive rights we are pro women's empowerment we are pro you know everything that is and and also this idea of you know we don't we don't just all of a sudden you know try to distinguish what the black experience is. So, um, you know, we, we help people who are struggling with that because that is a thing within the black community as well. Because if you are coming from, if you are a black atheist, you have at one point had to contend within your own community of people, um, you know, kind of accusing you of rejecting your your identity as, as black. So uh, that this is a space where that doesn't happen so, um, you know, it's important for us and, and we've kind of had to weed some folks out. So I think uh, with many organizations, you know, we've had those challenges of, you know, uh, of, of of really trying to vet, you know, who was, you know, uh, of, of who was in it for, you know, for, you know, for genuine purposes and who wasn't. And so you know it's it can be it can be very very challenging to to start an organization it can be very scary i was i was nervous as well but the more we did it the better we got and the more support we found in other leaders and organizers uh that became you know that became easier as well to to deal with so um it it's it can be challenging but sticking with it is worth it
2: yeah that's great thank you i feel like any any volunteering work is challenging, especially if you're funding it, but uh, it is for sure worth it. So, yeah, that that's great. Thank you so much. Um, someone else is asking, for those of us who are debaters and come from a family of debaters, is there any common pattern we should expect in terms of challenges when coming out?
1: Um. So if you're a debater <laughs> and uh, now I would I would contend that because I was, you know, I, I'm i I think I'm fairly good at debating or discussing. I was on a debate team in junior high school, but I think that some of the challenges that you might uh, come across are some folks who might be debating out of bad faith, for lack of a better term. You know, you might come across a lot of apologists. Uh, You'll you'll definitely and, and you might you might you might want to be careful frustrating yourself having the same type of argument or or debating the same point. Right. So and also if you, you might want to be careful that every conversation doesn't turn into a debate because that can be very off putting. Um, You know, you don't. And also sometimes the challenge may come in where you may feel like you're on the defensive so much that you always have to be on the defensive so you don't you know you, you it's that's that's going to have to be something that you know that you that you reconcile within yourself so kind of knowing when when to have the debate and just when to have the conversation you know judging whether it is the right time and place or not and also you know just just trying to um and and, and making sure that you know, you you have all of the information, you know, under your belt and uh, just kind of, you know, kind of navigating that space to because that can make you socially awkward. <laughs> you know, like if you are debating all the time, it's like, you know, we don't exist in vacuums and it isn't that and, and having a network and having people to talk to is important. So it is crucial that. You know we are trying to navigate those spaces where we are building relationships, and there's a time for a debate, and then there's a time to just chill,
2: yeah, thank you, yeah. I feel like um it's a very common thing when you especially when you're in the angry atheist space to want to just debate anyone that um uh, like talks about religion, but yeah it's it's good to choose your battle, so thank you for that, yeah, so the last question we have today is. Coming from someone that is saying that since becoming an atheist, they feel disconnected from their religious family and friends. They're still like in their community, but they just don't feel like they can connect with them as well. Um, how can they overcome this feeling of not belonging to that group or, um, of trying to stay as close to them as they were before, but just not feeling like they have that, that connection?
1: And that happens, right? That, that does happen when. You come to your non-belief and you find that you are, and this, this is what I uh, mentioned before about feeling that, you know, that, that angst about your new position. It can be very hard to engage within your religious communities once you come to that, to your non-belief. And, and once you start realizing that you're changing, it is very, very hard to um You know, and this is where finding your local secular communities is going to be important because as you find yourself moving away from your family members and friends, I mean, it is okay for you to kind of, you know, maybe take some alone. Take some time to yourself, because even though, you know, it is good to find communities, it is good to feel comfortable with yourself. Take some time to be alone for a little while and see what that feels like because uh if you if you belong to a religious community oftentimes you've had to do everything together you often feel like you cannot have that space to yourself and that is also very important that um you know that that you take some time to reassess and reevaluate and kind of take a and take a step back you know just just kind of find some solace for a little while and once you find uh other like minded individuals that find communities you may you may find that you you might be able to engage with your religious folks every once in a while um you know as you become more comfortable as you find other folks right so and knowing that even if you're in this space for a little while, you know that there's another Space that you can go to to say, uh, oh, you know, or other people to talk to, you know, to either kind of vent or, you know, just talk about it. And so um, it, it's a matter of, um, you know, coming again, coming to terms with how you feel about it, taking some time to yourself. And also, again, finding, um, you know, finding those spaces, finding other people in your areas. That you can connect with, so it's it's like a it's like a trifecta. It's a it, it's a, it's a it's a it's a like a three four maybe five pong process. So uh, it, it is it's probably a cycle of things. Um, stepping back for one is okay. It, it mm-hmm. is okay to do that. Uh, regrouping with yourself, finding other uh, finding other like minded folks, and if you feel comfortable enough to engage. Religious people again, and also setting boundaries. It's okay. We we're not going to talk about that. You know, we're you're not going to push that conversation, or I'm only going to come to these events. You know, that is that is okay. It is a new normal. You know, it it is okay for you to do that for yourself. So uh, I hope that I hope that was helpful.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Thank you so much. Um, Cool. Then that is all the time we have for questions today. Thank you so much, Mandisa.
0: Recovering from Religion is a nonprofit organization whose mission it is to provide hope, healing, and support to those struggling with issues of doubt and non-belief. Hope, Healing, and Support is waiting for you on our website, recoveringfromreligion.org. There you can speak or chat with a trained agent who will work with you through your struggles and doubts or to help find resources that may work for you. You can also find local Recovering from Religion support groups in your area for the long-term recovery work resources specifically curated for those struggling with doubts disbelief and trauma can also be found on the rfr website to connect with a secular therapist in your area go to seculartherapy.org and create an account if you'd like to support the work that rfr does you can donate or sign up as a volunteer on the recovering from religion website it's also a big help subscribing to the rfr youtube channel our blog or following us on facebook twitter and instagram Questions, comments, and suggestions can be emailed to us at rfrx at recoveringfromreligion.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll be with us next time on the Recovering From Religion podcast.